Welcome to the Ink Feather Podcast, which explores the worlds of sci-fi and fantasy books through those who bring them to life. Every other week, we chat with authors and industry pros about their books, including new releases and old favorites. I'm Lauren, and this is episode 34, where we chat with best-selling author Susan Dennard. Suze is the author of the Witchland series, the most recent of which, Blood Witch, came out earlier this year. And Tortine recently released an awesome box set of the series of the four books that are currently out with all new matching covers, so go check them out. This is the perfect episode for the end of the year. Susan and I recorded this episode in the summer, actually, but now is the perfect time because this episode's kind of about hope. It's it's We talk a little bit about um, Susan, her infertility struggles. She's very open on, on social media about her life. She's very transparent. And one of the things she struggled with for a while is infertility. And she talks about some traumatic stuff that happened with her this year in this episode. And it's kind of perfectly fitting because she's actually currently pregnant and she finally, it finally all worked and she's currently um, pregnant and she's really excited about it. So this is kind of a reflection on, you know, the struggles she's gone through and also like what the outcome can be, you know, it's not this way for everybody, but for her, it looks like it's going to be happy ending. And it's really exciting to, to, um, hear her kind of insight into her experiences with that. Also, this is a perfect episode for writers. Even though this is an author interview podcast, we don't always dig in super deep with writing stuff, but Suze is kind of uh, a master of writing in the sense that she shares her knowledge. She goes from the basics to the super complex in-depth stuff online. She's very open about her experiences with writing and the mistakes she's made and offers tons of great advice and tips. So by the way, if you are a writer, you definitely want to make sure you're following Susan Dennard online because she has priceless information. But a lot of this podcast episode is about her writing experience and things she talks about in her newsletters and her innovative um, things she's doing like, for example, this summer, and which just ended a couple weeks ago, she was doing like a Twitter book, basically. It was a book she had written and hadn't quite gotten to publishing yet and did almost like a choose-your-own-adventure over the summer. It was called The Luminaries, and it went all the way till December, so it's it's really neat. Um, but yeah, this episode kind of talks about work-life balance, how she had to go on tour after coping with this tragic loss with infertility, and um, also just like how she balances her writing. It's It's a really great episode, so... Also, I just want to remind you guys about our Patreon. It is something that I'm going to be putting a lot more time into in the new year. But basically, it is for fans of these authors and this podcast. Um, It's a great way to support the podcast and help me be able to bring you guys fresh new content uh, every other week. That is the, the... the driving goal for the new year is we're going to have a new episode every other week. And I'm sorry if you hear the little bird in the background. I'm trying to edit him out, but I'm tired of stopping when he talks. So you may hear the little parakeet chirping in the background. Um, anyways, so as for me, I am desperately close to the end of year Goodreads goal that I set. I set a goal of 104 every year because in my mind, I'm like, I, can, I know I can read a book a week. And I also listen to audiobooks a lot. So I'm like, I can listen to a book a week and read a book a week that's doable. And I think that is doable for me in my life. But I just got lazy earlier in the year and I've been scrambling these last few months and I'm down to like my last, I don't know, three or four books. I think four or five is my last goal. And so I'm desperately trying to get these books read. Um, Luckily, I am reading a series right now that is beloved to me. It is also a very easy series to read. It is The Dark is Rising Sequence by Susan Cooper, which if you have not read this book and you like fantasy, you have to read these books. 
Um, they are written in the, I think, 60s and 70s. Uh, there's five books in the series. The most popular book in the series, which is The Dark is Rising, is a Newbery Honor book. And then the, the fourth book in the series, which is my personal favorite, The Great King, won the Newbery for the year that it came out. So, um, <laughs> Storm is my new budgie, by the way. He, I just was given him from a neighbor. He, she rescued him from a family member who... Um, his parents were dealing with Alzheimer's and couldn't really take care of him anymore. He's the cutest little dude. And he just sits there and talks to himself all day in the mirror. <laughs> and he's behind me talking because he hears me. So, yeah, he's. I'm trying not to laugh when he talks, but it's really cute because he's finally getting comfortable. I've only had him like a week. So, um, anyways, so, yeah, I'm rereading the Dark is Rising sequence. Um, the first of which is Undersea Overstone. If you do want to check them out and you haven't read them, um, they are middle grade into YA they they are very like they deal with heavy topics even though the main characters are like 11 and it's very um I'm doing them on audio this time which I've never done before and I'm kind of loving it but it's also almost too intense like there's a sinisterness to these books the the villains are just like this not this nebulous evil I mean they they manifest in people and you see them but it's like no one is really who they seem or are they good or bad and what am I feeling this this pressure of evil and darkness in the background it's really interesting um to be reading them and hearing them on audio and having the guy do all these great voices and just adding to that level of intensity um but yeah i'm 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 only on the darkest rising right now and the reason for the reread actually is something i'm very excited about i have been putting together for a while a podcast episode that is basically a gush a, a love fest to the series and um you know i I'm obsessed with the series. This is my favorite series. This is a series that got me into fantasy. And over the years of podcasting, I have, and, and just in general talking with authors, this series has also impacted authors in a similar way. And so I decided to put together an episode where basically me and two authors sit and just love on this series. So uh, I'm going to be recording that soon. And my guests are awesome. They're, you know, all the way from down under, I've got Australians back in the house again. Amy Kaufman and Garth Nix are going to sit down with me, and basically we're just going to talk about how much we love this series. So um, if you are a fan, if you even if you aren't a fan, this is a really will be a really cool episode to hear because it's the first time I'm really um, just having an episode specifically talking about other books. It's not the authors talking about their books or their writing, but we're just going to dig into why certain books impact us and why we connect with these stories and why this series in particular was so profound and um, dynamic. So definitely stay tuned for the next episode if you want to check that out. Also, I wanted to say the other books that I've been trying to, I've been like cranking through books to to hit the Goodreads. And I talked about that in my last episode. I've been, I read all the Anita Blake books again, which there are 26 and I like cranked through them. So that made a big difference. And then I just like needed some other audiobooks, and I didn't want to do the Darkest Rising ones yet. So I decided to read a series that I had been seeing a lot of fan art for, and um, I was intrigued. And it's the series uh, called The Captive Prince by C.S. Picot, is I think how you say her last name. Uh, holy crap, you guys. This book series is excellent. I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, it is two guys, so if that's not your thing, then this would not be your series. But basically, it is this incredible love story over three series about... Um, basically two rival princes, basically. Um, the one, the story starts off with the one prince, Damon, his brother, um, unknown to Damon, who is to inherit 
the throne. He, the brother kills their father and locks him up in the dead of night and ships him off to the neighboring country as a slave. And he's to be a slave to the prince of the neighboring country. And the neighboring country really hates this country because they fight them a lot. And the prince particularly has reason to hate Damon because um, Damon actually killed his older brother in a recent conflict. But the prince doesn't know that Damon is the slave and Damon has to like suck it up and pretend to be a slave uh, to him. I mean, obviously slavery is not sexy <laughs> in any fashion. And, but the, but the trials of this character that they go through, the, just the struggles that they go through, uh, the relationship that develops, the trust, the friendship that develops and like so much tension to like, how is this going to turn out? How are they going to make this work? How are these things going to manifest? And then of course there's intrigue and, struggles in in the the other court it's just great so um i loved it i loved it loved it loved it it's also really slow burn romance so it's not like you know they're like making out the first chapter or whatever it's definitely like a long into it but that's why it was so wonderful was you got to see all the shitty things that these um countries are doing to each other and also how these characters are kind of coming against it and seeing their relationship and their friendship develop first and like this level of trust developing between them when they really shouldn't trust each other. So it's, it's beautiful. Um, also, if you have read the series and you have not read the summer palace, which is a novella that the author wrote kind of almost like as a coda, as uh, the epilogue to the series, definitely check it out because it actually deals with a lot of um, the emotional issues that they leave you with at the end of the series. Like, you know, the, the series is great. It ends great, but there are still, you know, people go on and there's still trauma that's been committed to these people's lives. And the, um, that little short story, it's only like 30 pages, but it made a big impact. I really, really liked it. So anyway, so that's what I've been enjoying. And, um, that's, what's going to wrap up the rest of the year. I'm excited to kind of keep digging in. So, all right, now, um, on to the episode with Susan Dennard. Welcome back to the Ink Feather Podcast. Thank you for having me back. I am excited. You are my first video podcast episode. Um, I actually cleared it with you beforehand, too. You're going to be like a little sampler in the behind the scenes on how I develop a podcast video, which will be really cool. So thank you for doing that. I'm, I'm stoked. I know you're, you're kind of comfortable doing video. You do video a lot, I know, um, with some of your yeah. writing techniques and stuff. So we have been trying to connect most of this year because yes. you had a an epic book come out around yes. Valentine's Day with yes. the, the beautiful man, the beautiful blood witch. And then you had a lot of crazy stuff happening, good and bad in your life. Just life was crazy this year. So I kind of want to just jump in because it's summer now and you're kind of moving into a different sequence a little bit of things. But I guess I want to start with you're first of all um for those of you who maybe aren't familiar she's Suze you need to follow her on social media she's extremely transparent it's wonderful for those who are creative or writers or just anyone who's curious about the book industry because you're you know you're giving people glimpses of things that they're curious about and you're you're the good the bad the ugly the beautiful all of it so basically what happened earlier this year so earlier this year I had a miscarriage uh right and I literally had surgery for that miscarriage uh, a week before my tour, before I, my book came yeah. out and I went on tour. So it was intense. It was really hard. 
And you were very um, open about it. Like you even posted in your stories a lot being like, basically, readers, be gentle with me because I might I might have a bad day. And that's completely normal and natural. Yeah, it was it was definitely one of those situations where I could have easily canceled and no one would have thought less, you yeah. know, like 100%. my publisher would have understood, readers would have understood. Uh, but I actually thought, well, one, I had worked so hard on this, the self promo end of blood, Witch. Mm-hmm. like, this is what I worked for. Oh, like, damn it. I want the payoff. <laughs> and the payoff for me is meeting readers. Yeah. So, um, I decided to just do it. I was, Physically, not my best, mm-hmm. uh, just because I literally had been a- operated on. Yeah. Uh, and also just, like, in this weird grief place. But um, yeah, it was ultimately the most rewarding tour I've ever been on, and I'm so glad I went uh, because the readers are wonderful, and the outpouring of love was incredible. Yeah. Like, I know that if I had been at home, I would have sequestered myself yeah. Because that is my instinct when I am sad. And this really forced me to like get out there and talk about my pain with everybody. And it was amazing. Hard, but amazing. Do you feel like now, having be- being on the other side of that, that you have a better understanding of like your personal work-life balance and what you need from yourself? Yeah. So like I'm going through IVF again right now. So for people who don't know me, uh, I've been really open about this online, but I have a very strange congenital defect, which means I cannot bear children, um, without science. And Mm -hmm. to do that, I have to go through something called in vitro fertilization, where you basically produce an embryo outside of the body and then they implant it inside of you. Um, and so I am going through all of that again. It's extremely emotionally exhausting. It's extremely physically exhausting because you have to take so many medications I am on five different medicines today, every day, that I have to take at certain times. Shots, right? Um, some of them? Some of them are shots. Some of them are, this is maybe TMI, but suppositories, so it's extremely unpleasant. And I don't really want to leave this. <laughs> uh, and they are hormonal, so they kind of just mess yeah. you up, you know? So uh, it's been an interesting journey just this month, like, trying to find a healthy balance. Because, like, last year when I did IVF, I wasn't under deadline. I was, it was just self promo, which is kind of mindless. This time I am drafting and having to do it. And so it is okay. much more like I need to find a way to be creative while I'm going through something that is extremely difficult. Uh, and I haven't, I can't say that I've nailed it, but one <laughs> of the best, best lessons that I have learned is to be gentle with myself. Yeah. I just, if I can't do it today, I can't do it today. And yeah. that's okay. I mean, you talk about this. You you have actually, funny enough, you sent out a newsletter earlier today, which I was reading right before we chatted. And you were talking, I'm actually got a little note down here about, um, you, you. a lot of the newsletter was about uh, Camp NaNoWriMo, which is July. But a lot of your like newsletter this month was just talking about uh, not just why NaNoWriMo can be awesome, but ways to make it awesome for you and ways to be effective yeah. as a creative person yeah with nano and I loved that and you kind of talk about the balance of like making yourself sit down and do the work but also trusting yourself to not tell the wrong story and like also saying you know the goal is 50,000 words but maybe I'll do 25 or I'll edit or like obviously that's a big important thing that you're focusing on right now yeah yeah I mean that has actually been one of the most important lessons 
of my career. And I talk about this a little in the newsletter. Like I tried to be that person who hammered books out quickly and the end result was never pretty. And it wasn't until I finally embraced like that is not how I personally create um, and accepted too that life dictates how you create. Like that might work on one book, but it's not going to work five years later. So just sort of like leaning into that and really learning to kind of get in touch with my muse, so to speak, and how I create and how I can use the awesomeness that is NaNoWriMo in other work for me. And I mean, the premise of NaNo, at least how I've always understood it, is it's like, get a first draft down, you're going to have to edit it, but at least you have something to edit. It's not a blank page. But I like what you were talking about, because you went, you kind of went through like the Witchland slash NaNo, your history in the past, I don't know, five, 10 years of doing it. And I was just like, dang, like, how many people do this, like, start a story and think that they're like, okay, I need to get some shit down on the page. And then it's like, it is a shit. And you're like, so is it better to have just not wasted my time with that? And it's like, do you beat yourself up and, and finding that balance of like, well, I'm not working every day, so I need to do something. But then what if the, the something is the wrong something? So I think that's like crucial creativity advice. Like It is. And it's why it took me so long to figure it out, because I don't, I don't think it's the normal advice that we hear. It's um, not. I definitely think, not. Yeah. I was definitely told the whole like, Write it quickly. You can't finish a blank page, which is true. Yeah. Uh, But you also will be stuck rewriting so much if you're not writing at least the bones of what is maybe the right story. And as someone who writes really complicated fantasy, it's it's really easy to veer down the wrong track and then I've wasted time. And these are long books. They're complicated books. I'm under deadlines. I don't have time for that. If it saves me time to spend a lot of time pre-writing, yeah. pre-planning and thinking and not just outlining, but just like thinking really hard. Yeah. Uh, then I, I benefit from that. Um, so yeah, I, I like, I'm working on the next Witchlands book right now and I'm going so slowly, so slowly, which partly is a function of the IVF, but partly is also a function of, I know my process now. And I yeah. know that there is no point in words. I can feel what is right and what isn't. And a lot of that is experience, you know? Yeah. I think NaNo is wonderful for beginners who have never finished something. I think it is great for that. And I think NaNo is great for other people who maybe know themselves well enough to tap into it in a way that works for them. But the actual write 50,000 words in a month, I think is wonderful for beginners, but maybe not so great for someone who's who's like me and then got a bunch of bad books and has to rewrite them again and again. I'm just imagining the emotional, an emotional strife of that. It's like, because you said that you wrote like, what, 60,000 words of Blood Witch and basically had to throw them all out. So that's half of this book. That's like nothing compared to what I wrote and dumped for Wind Witch. I, oh my God. But I'm just thinking like, okay, so this book you said it was about 140,000 words. So basically half of that, which in book form is what, like 220 pages or something. That's essentially a middle grade a bu- it's, a, it's a book it's yeah, a book it's, a it's like book. it's like it's and then how do you start over because like how do you you have to obviously love the story enough to then because you talk about that too like oh my god I have to because I'm just imagining like myself how discouraged I would be like going well this sucks and I suck and everything sucks and I don't want to do this anymore <laughs> you know and so under deadline I bet that's really hard it's intense yeah it is <laughs> uh and honestly like sometimes 
Windwitch, which I went through over 200,000 words before I stopped counting. Oh, my God, Windwitch. Man, Um, that book was so good, though. I mean, the end result was excellent. I, as I talked about in the newsletter and past newsletters, like, it wasn't ready to be written because I felt I had to write daily. I made myself write crap for two years straight. Oh, my God. Until finally it was ready to be written, and then I was so late. But it's almost like if I had just given it the time beforehand, I would to that conclusion sooner and not yeah. wasted all this time. Uh, but instead, I think, especially when you write as your job, you get into this, this panic cycle of like, Oh, I'm not doing my job. I'm not producing work. And again, you've got deadlines, you know, yeah. and it's like yeah. looming, but I mean that, but that your makes sense. That makes sense. I think like, I th- honestly think as like the best advice I heard out of all of this, and it really is connected to all of this is like, Knowing when you need to take care of yourself and being okay with like taking a day to think, taking a day to take a walk or go hike a mountain or take a warm bath and read a book that inspires you. And like those things help. It's the giving yourself permission that I I know, like, at least with me, with my art, it's hard sometimes because I'm like... I'm also a procrastinator. I don't know if you're that way. I'm like, my house is a mess. I can't work until it's clean, which is totally valid. But I'm also like, okay, enough dilly-dallying here. You need to get your stuff together. But on the other hand, it's like sometimes you need to then go – I don't, I don't have the well, the well's empty today. I don't have it, you know, and and you're – whatever you produce is going to – not be it's going to be a waste of emotional energy too. So that makes a lot of sense. So I'm glad that you're – you feel like you're in this kind of new way of working that is like most in alignment with your style after what, like 10 books finally. Yeah. I mean, it took a lot of books. I <laughs> site, which was the one where I really started to figure it out, which was the one where I really got to apply it. And even though I did end up wasting those first 60,000 words after that, I really, I was like, okay, I see what I did there. Yeah. I let the fear drive me. What have I learned? We're not going to do that. And I was under intense deadline for Blood Witch, but mm. I managed to do it. And I feel with great confidence that it's the best book I've written yet. It and is so-, so good. It is so complicated. <laughs> I just, um, I, I told you this when I was talking to you on email. I was like, I'm re-listening, I'm rereading it through audio this time. Because um, yeah. I got an arc before it came out. And then I was, I wanted to have the story really fresh in my mind. And, oh, it's just such a, it's so complicated. I actually was like, halfway through, it was like, how does she, how, like, how do these people do this crap? Because, like, I'm like, I'm like, most people probably think I could write a book. I'm like, nope, can't. I'm not in that place mentally. Because there's so much that happens in this book that are not only the continuing of the story arcs, but all these little seeds that you've planted and things coming. And I'm just like, put it this way, the first time we find out what's going on with Edwin's father um, yeah, and parents. parents. Yeah. I yeah. kind of lost my shit. <laughs> I was like, because I had just done the audio of the previous books. And so I was like, what? Wait, Ooh, what? I caught it. Yeah. Yes, but I was like, it. I but it, but it was like, I actually stopped and was like, what? <laughs> like verbally yelled at the book. And yeah. I mean, I know that was a not an obvious one, but that one wasn't as subtle as like you've just been working. It's just a lot. So I can't even imagine how proud you are of this story. Um, so you're working on book four. Yeah, now. the next one. Yeah. Or book yeah. 4.4, I guess. Yeah. Five, whatever. Five, um, whatever. Yeah, I know. Sight which confuses everyone. Oh, it's such a crucial book, though. For those who have read this I series so. <laughs> and haven't read Sight Witch, you are missing out. 
I love that story. Love that story. Thanks. Thanks. I'm really proud of it too. I think you can tell where I, I finally hacked my own creativity. That one just like, it sings. It really does. I, I agree, but I, yeah, there's just something there in that story. Um, Sticking on the writing theme before we switch to the other fun stuff I have listed. Yeah, yeah. I want you to talk to me about, this is also kind of in, in vain with the shifting, um, this intuitive outlining you kind of talked about. What does that mean? Like for, for if I was like, okay, I want to write a book, what in that sense, like why, how would you explain intuitive writing or intuitive outlining to me? Yeah. So like, I, I, it's not like I'm inventing the wheel here, but I, I just like to give it a name because I want people to think about outlining differently than they do. I think people, pantsers specifically, people who think of themselves as someone who just writes what they want when they want it and they planning because planning stifles their creativity. Uh, I, I used to be that way. (laughs) Uh, and I don't think that's actually true. Um, I think actually outlining pre-writing phase is where you can lay a solid foundation to make sure you don't waste words. Um, and so I almost think of it as like, as like draft zero, like you're coming up with the entire book and you're stress testing it Mm. so that you can say, Nope, that's not it. Go back to the beginning. Um, and I, that's not to say that I don't, like I still have some false starts, you know, like I'll start the book and be like, Nope, this wasn't it. That's art. Go back to the planning stage. Um, but a lot of it is in the way that pantsers can feel what to write. You're tapping into that id. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's trying to learn how to do that with your outline to learn how to brainstorm in a way, uh, that, you don't feel locked into that story, but it actually opens up new doors. Like you, you almost, I, what I do anyway, I almost will imagine the entire book and while I'm just standing in front of my whiteboard, maybe I'll make notes and then yay or nay, that doesn't work. And then I go back like, to, well, where did it feel weird or yeah. Yeah. What, what stopped working and why isn't this working? And it's just, it's a constantly evolving beast. Um, I, I take very notes. I, as much as I, we all like to think we'll remember things, uh, it's important. No, there's no way. Right. Because you don't. And um, especially the more complex the series is. So I, I take really copious notes. I take pictures of my whiteboard. No matter how little I write on it, yeah. I always take a picture. So you have a record. That makes sense. And then I, I also have talked about this in my newsletter and in a YouTube video about my index cards. So there's yeah. an index cards on snippets of the story. Um, many get used, many do not. But the point is to capture the idea. That's like old school outlining. We did that. I did that in elementary school. Like each, I had one solid idea on every, and so you could kind of move them around. It was great. I actually, that feels very legit, like old school, authentically, yes, this will work. Because I, yeah, that makes total sense. And like you said, I really like this idea, but it doesn't go here. Well, where can I take it? Let me take it out and put it over here or whatever. Um, Something about physical working with a physical like there's great mind mapping software out there but i would argue that digital is never going to be the yeah, same I'm, as having a physical thing that you can move around and, and do 
it's just a totally different part of your brain. It is. Jokingly, I call myself like the analog artist sometimes. And like, because everything is digital, even though I'm not, I'm I'm a photographer and everything's digital, but I have to use my hands occasionally. So like, I get that, even though everything you're doing is here and on the page. And yes, the book is physical, but getting there, having the ideas, physically moving them around, that makes a lot of sense. And you actually just posted on... I don't know, Twitter, one of your social media accounts that you kind of had a breakthrough in the plot that you kind of were able to tie up all these different things happening and you were uh, satisfied with like the emotional aspect of it. And obviously that just didn't come overnight. So that's been part of the process. Yeah, that's part of it is all this thinking and thinking and thinking because I feel I'm experienced enough at this point to feel something was missing. Yeah. And like all of the all of the outlines and sort of plot bubbles that I came up with, it was missing this thing, this one emotional through line. Um, and you would think since I'm on the, like, you know, four or five books into the Witchlands, yeah. that I would know this stuff, but that's not really how it works. It just really doesn't because no matter how well you plan characters yeah. never end up where you think they will emotionally. And so sure. I did that four years ago, but now that I'm there, like assault is not that person. Uh, and so I, a lot of it is figuring out how to achieve all of the plot reveals that I still have to achieve. And there are so many while also telling this story that shows her full growth because yeah. each book follows one character and this one is assaults. Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, I had this like one little idea that was like the missing idea. And huh. I, I know it feels like when that happens, it's like, it, aha, Eureka. Uh, but science has actually shown that it is the subconscious part I of say your it's brain. Going, it's the cooking on the back burner, yep. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't actually, the subconscious part of your brain never turns off. It's always going. Hmm. Uh, but it doesn't always send ideas to the conscious part of your brain because they're not all worth it. But mm. sometimes it will be like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. And shoot it up to the front <laughs> of your brain. It that feels, makes sense. It feels the like missing piece. Moment. Yeah. And then you're like, where did that come from? Man. But it was there. It was just your amazing brain. And so uh, that's why what I, I don't know, there's a famous quote from, I think, John Cleese about, with comedy, about um, letting the ideas stew, stew in the back of your brain. But you have to constantly keep bringing your mind back to it or it won't do that work. And it's true. So even if I'm not writing every day, I'm actively thinking about it so that my, that subconscious part has the fodder to work with. Yeah. Create the ideas that I actually need. That makes sense. It's so I'm actually really glad that we're talking now and maybe not right around when Blood Witch came out because you're in them. You're kind of in the writing trenches right now. And this is a really interesting time to talk to an author because usually all of us reviewers talk to you right when you're going on tour, right when the book's coming out. So I mean, like, and you can reflect on it, but like, literally seeing you post like yesterday, like, I got a thing. It's amazing. And it's going to make a huge change. And, you know, to be able to, you know, down the road, see that come to fruition is very cool. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting, too. I love that you said what you said about like Isolt's character. It's so true. I've, I've heard so many writers talk about this. I, the, the, the one that pops in my head immediately is like Christopher Paolini. He talked about how he ended his series and a lot of fans didn't like how he ended his series because they wanted yeah. like a romantic happy ending. He's like, yeah, maybe when I outlined the book when I was super young, that sounded right. But as I wrote these characters, like they would have been pissed if I had done yeah. this to them. That's not who they were. And so, yeah, the fans wanted this and, you know, but the ending, I mean, I thought the ending was satisfying for his series too, but like that's the point is it's getting... Well, where I think Game of Thrones went awry, the mm. show, 
he hands them an outline of what he has planned. Mm -hmm. But in reality, that's not where the characters end up growing. And so Mm -hmm. they take that outline that's maybe no longer remotely accurate. Relevant, yeah. And 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 then it's down and doesn't feel true to the characters because it's not anymore. It's so you not try to shove these grew into. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm it's, guessing it's, you weren't a fan of the end of the show. I actually haven't watched it, but I know what happened. I'm not. You know I, what happened? Yeah. I'm not. I'm very aware of all the things. I I could never get into it. I don't really like heavy. War. It's very heavy. I I love the books uh, a lot, <laughs> uh, and you could tell when the show deviated from the books. Oh, that's a shame. I did like but, book. I read book one. I liked book one, but yeah, I, I, I'm holding out for him to finish. I have, I have dreams. <laughs> he's not. Have he's dreams. working on him. I know he is. Um, okay, so you are now. So the writing you're working on then is his old book, and so you are under deadline in the sense that it's it needs to happen, but it's not like tomorrow. No, I'm. I'm actually. Um... Because of the whole IVF thing, Tor has been amazing and super mm. flexible with me. That's great. Uh, and I'm extremely grateful for that because I need it right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I'm lucky to be in that position because uh, mm-hmm. that doesn't always happen. It definitely didn't happen last year or the year before or the year before that. But I am this year, yes, so I'm very, very happy that I have some time to not like feel like I am racing to get it figured out uh, and I can – Take it slowly, which is a new experience. This is like the first time yeah. I haven't been like, oh, my God, I need to get this done in a month. And for a book that complicated, uh, I can imagine how many <laughs> antacids you probably were popping. Like, oh, my gosh. like <laughs> I have to figure this out. It's just so many plot threads. And Blood, Blood Witch is the book where you start to finally get all the reveals. But it's just a tiny fraction, and now all the reveals oh. are really going to start coming. I- I'm and... chomping at the bit, man. I am. I'm like, there's a few that I'm like, oh, I was hoping that that would, I would, <laughs> I would learn that in this book. Though you did, um, you did confirm a suspicion with your little teaser in your in your newsletter today, which I was like, I knew that, but I'm glad you made it clear to those of us who've read, which was cool. I totally, yeah, I totally picked that. I was, I debated. I was like, which teaser to do? I was like, let's give one for the for the real readers, the ones mm-hmm. who really pay attention. I That was one of them, because I'm doing the math in my head. For those of you who haven't read the series, I have no idea what we're talking about right now, and I'm not even going to explain it to you because you need to go read it, because it is a spoilery <laughs> kind of thing. But it's also yeah. really fun to k- kind of guess who these specific yeah, characters like- are that you have, like hinted out in a broader idea, but you're bringing to life now in the story. And we're like, well, who, who is It's kind of like, I always joke. It's like Battlestar Galactica with <laughs> the Cylons. So, uh, it's kind of like, yeah, who, who are, everybody the looks like the same person, but they're not. Yeah. And yeah. It, and you definitely revealed obviously some, um, well, they started in sight, Witch, but yeah, that was, that was really awesome. I was like, okay, cool. I suspected, but yeah. So that teaser was good. So, I guess I'm trying to think since I've t- I talked to you last March. So when Sight Witch was coming out, so it's been like a year and a half. You've since then you've done another book on Wattpad. You are currently doing this like book Twitter story, which is I don't even know how to explain that. I don't either. It's like a <laughs> it's like a polling adventure where the like you choose your own adventure on Twitter. Yeah, but like whichever choice, the one that I take the story to. But today we ended on a like, woo note and everyone's freaking out. <laughs> That's good. I haven't been doing it. But uh, for those no, listening who have no not. idea what we're talking about right now, what are, what are you talking about? Tell the story of, of the Luminaries. Uh, yeah. So the Luminaries was this idea that my 
I tried to sell in 2013, actually. Uh, and it's urban fantasy, which it was not a popular genre then. So they, my publisher at the time was like, yeah, no. <laughs> love me a good urban fantasy. Now, it, now it's coming oh, back. I, I love it like, so oh, much. It's so great. I was ahead of my time by a lot. <laughs> and so, um, so I don't know. I was, I, I had recently dug it back out because my agent and I were like, you know, maybe we'll try to sell this mm-hmm. when The Witchlands is done. Let's just kind of look at it again. And for better or worse, I was bored at the airport and decided <laughs> to just kind of make a little choose your own adventure on Twitter. Twitter game, yeah. I did not, I didn't expect to be as big as it got. Uh, I thought it would kind of die out in a few days, and that is not what happened at all. And so now, I'm almost a month later, it's still going. New updates <laughs> every day. People are really into the world, uh, which is cool. So, yeah, hashtag the luminaries. It's interesting because obviously you said you have the book done, or at least enough done that you start middle end. So there's like a solid story synopsis, all that, yeah. So how how are we deviating? Is it like kind of taking these crazy turns? Like, kind of like I described it as like like a like a racetrack, you know, like it's a like a kids racetrack that has the guardrails. Oh, like the bumpers, yeah. Like the story, it goes this way, but y'all are like boom, 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 boom. And like, cause like the story itself, the overall stakes and characters have not changed, but obviously like definitely the little scene by scene things are totally different because I don't quite know what I'm going to do. And I want to give people the choice, actual choice that has consequences. Yeah. Uh, so today was the first day where like people, yeah, there were serious consequences for today, for yesterday's choice. So, I mean, I keep seeing it pop up on Twitter. And like I said, I haven't had the chance to go through and, and catch up and vote, but it is really fun. And I love the concept of it that you're, um, again, just involving your fans. You're very like active with your people. You know, you really are. I try. I try. <laughs> Thanks. I try. I, I think I know some people create for themselves, um, which is totally valid reason to create. Mm-hmm. I create for other people. Like my joy comes in the sharing, in the act of actually sharing. So like, mm. I don't really like drafting. I want a finished book that I can give you. You'd be like, hee hee hee. Uh, so yeah. like, look at, okay, I get to talk about the paladins or whatever. Like, I mean, exactly. me losing my shit over exactly. stuff in this book is probably very rewarding exactly. to you as the writer. Yeah. That is, exactly. That is exactly why I write books. And so, <laughs> so it's really fun to do the luminaries because it's like, I get that instant gratification. That's why I did the free thing on Wattpad too. Cause it's yeah. like, there is something really nice to be able to do this, this story for free and get instant feedback, good or bad. And, uh, and remember that that's like why I do this. Cause so. you weren't, was the executioners three, which is the recent Wattpad one. That was a, just a story you had in your mind or is it one you had yeah, written? Not one I had never tried to sell. It's one I have been working on for many, many, many years, but like it's been through totally different iterations. Like it started out as a contemporary romance. Then it turned into a murder <laughs> mystery. Then it turned into this, this like, I guess, paranormal ghost horror, horror light. It was like ghost stuff. Yeah. Tape, like, but with a lot of humor set in 1999. Uh, this book that I only ever work on in the fall because I love the fall and it's just such an atmospheric time of year Mm. and and so that has become my fall book and then like last year I was going through IVF and it was NaNoWriMo and I decided like you know I'm I'm working on it because I always work on it at this time of year like I actually really feel like I know where the story's going let's do Mm. it so I wrote almost all of it and it is 
decided to put it up on free for Wattpad, and I'm not sure if my publisher loves that, but oh well, YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, it's it doesn't mean it can't be gone the traditional no, route, you know. It's actually been pretty popular, and I've definitely gotten new readers. I On tour, I had people come because cool. they found me through Executioners 3. I know. So I was like, well, this is huh. great, you know? I'm reaching new people. That's and really neat. It's fun. People will print off the cover and I'll sign that for them. Aww. So yeah, so that was, that's been really fun. And I had hoped to finish it before I had to get into Witchlands, but that did not happen. So I will finish it probably this fall because it's my fall book. So if you're reading now, it's not done. No, it's mostly done. I stop mostly. at like literally the climax. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> and people are like, oh my God. But yeah. <laughs> something else kind of amazing happened in the past six months there's a certain Muppet-ish crew that's entered into your life yes. you wanna, for those who haven't uh have n- no I mean that's kind of obvious but what what's going on there you are yeah, developing so, stuff uh, yes so the Jim Henson um media company Jim yes. Henson they uh got the rights to create Truth Witch for TV so Amazing. that is what they are working on. Um, I am not so naive, you know, to yeah. assume it will happen. I have plenty of friends. You, you sell options and rights all the time and it never goes anywhere. But I will say like they are very actively trying. And mm. even if it goes nowhere, it has been one of the coolest experiences of yeah. my life. Yeah. Because of all the places to pick you up, it's freaking like the Jim Henson yeah. production company. Jim it's Henson. Oh, my gosh. I got to- go there I got to meet the head of the creature shop oh I got to have gosh. like I mean, it's it's wild to me like so it's now run by Lisa and Brian, who are Jim Henson's kids and Lisa's the one in charge of the Witchlands. Okay. and it's like crazy to me like she's read my books you know she's yeah. talking we had a we had a like gush session about Zuko on Avatar the Last Airbender <sighs> the best I, it's it's just blows my mind and <laughs> it was the coolest experience going there and seeing just their lot in LA oh my gosh um and then, yeah, and then we announced it last September at Dragon Con, which was really exciting. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, the the woman who's really, um, like, the the lead woman who uh in charge. So Lisa's the top, and then the woman who's sort of in charge of TV. Okay. She's amazing, Hallie. Uh, she is incredible and so enthusiastic about the series. And it's just, it's just been... This is one of those experiences that, like, even if nothing comes of it, it has been one of those where, like, the journey was all worth it. <laughs> well, and it's probably really cool, having gone through the publishing journey multiple times now, to see it presented in a different, like, a another oh, creative so beast. It's a completely different <laughs> monster, you know? So different. And yeah. just being able to go, oh, my God, this is so cool, like, to see it from, like, the sidelines, but, like, in the wings of the sidelines, you know? Like, you're right there. Yeah, because, like... I don't really have any power necessarily because it's this at this point like like maybe if if we start scripting that would be different but at this mm-hmm. point it's like really up to them to make things happen. Gotcha. So I just like get cool updates when there are cool updates and it's very <laughs> exciting. And whenever I'm out in LA, I go see them. But yeah. like yeah, it's just one of those it's a really cool experience no matter what comes of it. Oh my gosh. I I had to bring it up because I was just like, yeah, it's so cool. 
I'm very excited about it. It's always I don't ever want to seem like I'm bragging by bringing it up myself. No, so I'm glad uh, no, it's like I said, it's the kid, the the magic fantasy loving children in all of us. I think we're like, oh my god, like Jim Henson oh. Company, this is amazing. Um, so it, it's very cool, and I um I can't wait to see what happens, and, and hopefully it will keep going. And like you said, even if it doesn't, just to have this experience um under yeah. your belt, which is so great. So. You're working, you're mainly just working on book four right now. Yeah, Witchlands and, you know, my daily updates. Uh, <laughs> and then the newsletter, which always takes a lot of time. Um, yeah, you put a lot into those newsletters. Yes, I do. I put a lot in. Uh, those take a whole lot of time, but they're worth it. I, yeah. I, I do a lot of free content, obviously. You do a um, lot of free content. Um, one of the reasons I, I love talking with you. I've always enjoyed our chats and I enjoy your books, but I, one of the reasons I wanted to have you back was your episode is one of the most listened to of the podcast oh, wow. because That's people cool. just loved what we had to say. And I think a lot of it wasn't just, I think people who maybe haven't read the books could still get a lot out of your episode and this one too, yeah. because it's not like character specific. Um, Cause we talked totally. about writing and on the last one we talked about like, basically screwing up and how to pull yourself up from your bootstraps and you know again things we all struggle with you know and people yeah. just are, are curious about and so I think it's important to um to share our experiences you know I love that you are it's one of my favorite things about you really is just how transparent you are I know it's probably oh, scary thanks. sometimes some days you don't want to deal with it <laughs> but for better or worse you are that way and you do you provide a ton of amazing writing content like if someone wants to write a book and they're not even sure how or where to begin, I, I honestly think they should check out your free content because you do cover a lot of the I know, bases. I've covered, I've covered everything. From you really have. The really deep master's level thought-provoking uh, craft well, stuff. I just really like, I really like craft. I appreciate the craft of storytelling. And so, and I like teaching. I was yeah. like my favorite part of undergrad was tutoring and yeah. grad school was TAing. I just really like teaching things I'm passionate about. And so even though things like the newsletter take a really long time, I, it is an important is thing that I do. Giving yeah. of, of that, of part yeah. of you. Yeah. I, and, but like, not even just with writing, like, I think, God, was it, I think it, I don't remember how long ago this was, but I, I think I messaged you cause I couldn't believe how, that you went there, that you broke down your numbers of like your royalty oh, checks yeah. and stuff in like Last multiple fall, emails. I, I was like, holy crap, this, it's amazing. I, I, I mean, I love, love, love that you did that. And I know you were like, oh, my God, I don't know if everyone's going to be pissed. I so or... nervous. I, I mean, it's it's such a thing you don't talk about, money. It's And, and so... everybody has money. Everybody uses money. Everybody yeah. – and it's a business. I mean, even though it's a creative it's business. I, I actually think publishing and authors – I think authors that we would all benefit from knowing the truth. But it's – and I but I understand why we don't willingly and talk about this and share uh, – but I, I do think it's, you know, knowledge is power. Yeah, in this instance. agreed. So even though it is terrifying to share actual numbers with everybody, all of my book deals. Uh, it, yeah, that was it like vulnerable on an ultimate like level. Yeah. It's popular other than my last guide, most popular thing I've ever done. Because it, it is one of those where people couldn't believe I'd done it. Yeah. But now that they had, they wanted to know and it helped them. Oh, my gosh. Because, again, because it's like the ungettable get in regards to knowledge, which – 
does it's I mean people talk broad numbers, but I, I guess you were your point in it was being like, look, even though I've hit lists and I've got a well selling series, yeah. that doesn't mean I'm a gazillionaire, you know, with a beach house no. in Maui or whatever, you know? It's, yeah, no. And like that's not life. I I've already put this out there, like, yeah, my New York Times best I made thirty thousand dollars off of that, but that's before taxes and agency fees. Mm-hmm. So after taxes and agency fees, it was closer to like twelve thousand yep. dollars for a New York Times best selling book. So yeah. That is the thing that people do not understand. Yeah. And people go into this business because they're like, I want to be rich. And I'm like, you're not going to be rich. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like the 0.1%. It's the very point, much the exception. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's amazing that I have that title. I do not mean to sound ungrateful. No. Being a New York Times bestseller is carry for the rest of my life, no matter <laughs> the, no matter if I never hit again. Uh, yeah. But it also isn't what people think it is. It just isn't what people think. Yeah, I I love that. And you got your agents to talk about things too, which was thought was yeah. really cool. She's great. Um <laughs> but, but yeah, I just again, I know this whole thing is just me being like, I love you this whole episode. But seriously, I do. I love I just love how open you are. <laughs> I am I am a community over competition queen. It's my thing. Yes. So yes. more than rising tide. I it am. is seriously like we it's hard enough in all of being an artist of any facet let alone yeah. being one that tears down other people and is so insecure that they can't. Yeah. So it's, I love that you're like, here I am. This is where it's at. I'm going to use my knowledge to help you. And I think that's great. So. Thanks. Um, I try. <laughs> have you been reading anything good lately? I mean, I, this is embarrassing. Uh, embarrassing. I should own it. I've been reading a lot of fanfic lately. <laughs> Sweet. On what? What kind of fanfic? Uh, Mass Effect, which is like one of my favorite gaming. Oh, say that's a video game. Yeah. Yes, I love video game fanfic. I that's awesome. I sometimes, especially when I'm drafting, I I really find it's hard to read anything that's not either nonfiction or hmm. like I, it's hard to read books in my genre. I struggle to read adult fantasy or YA. Yeah. Uh, because it's just like I in my own head, like oh, this is so much better than I will ever be. Yeah, um, it's gonna yeah. So I I enjoy like there's some amazingly well written fanfic out there and I like to discover it and read it and just kind of fall into like That's characters awesome. that I love and I yeah and then it's and then there's none of this like oh my god my internal editor is on and and feeling inadequate it's and just blah, blah, blah. escapism yeah, it's just like oh I love these characters and now they're getting together <laughs> That's amazing um well before we go I want to put this on the podcast and slash YouTube um I Love that your guys, that the tour did some great giveaways. And I know we're like six months, four or five months past Bloodwish coming out. But I have some swag. And I want to give oh. it away. So I'm going to hold it up so we can talk about it. Because I was given a couple of things. First of all, for those internationally, I'm going to, these are international. Oh, yes. We Ooh, have the, the postcard. The postcard, the holographic postcard. I got two of these. So um, I'm going to send this out to people. And then I got... I got the both pins. I got the pre-order pins, which are the animals, which I'm keeping. But I also got the Witchlands pin. The Witchlands. So pin. this will also be international. These will be two separate things for people who want cool swag. And then I found the other day. This will only be for the U.S., but I have to give it into the world. When I first met you. Yes, that's the poster. Do you remember this from Comic Con? Yes. I still have it. So it's signed and be the truth in a storm of lies. And it is and literally pre-ordering between. That was from 2015. 15. Four years old. Yep. So it's yeah, a little see, banged so up because yeah. 
literally, you know, road tripping back to Pennsylvania from California, but I have this and it's like I said, it's a little bound up, but I want someone to have this because this is a, I've been holding on to this because I was like going to do a giveaway and then things fell through the cracks and life got busy. And then I was like, oh my God, I still have this. So I'm doing it. I'm putting it out there. So I've got three things. This one's US only and the other two are international. So, um, Susan, the Den Nerds, is that what your people are called? Yeah, the Den Nerds. The Den Nerds. I love that. Yeah. Um, can proudly, you know, we can talk about it and I'll promote the little links for them and everything. But I just, I just wanted to share the love. I also got some other really cool swag. You got, you had some cool swag. I got, I got a, um, it's actually the thing I wanted the most and I got it, which was the cup. <laughs> I got a travel oh, yeah, mug. Nice. Because if you didn't, I have an extra I could have sent you. <laughs> I was like, I love the travel mug. I was like, oh, I saw that there was all this swag in the box. I didn't get a box, like a fancy box. And I didn't necessarily want the fancy box, but another book bookstagrammer I saw had and I was like oh there's a mug that's so cool I need the purple mug so yeah she totally I didn't ask specifically for that but she sent me one I was like oh my god awesome so no we've done like I've done cool swag and Tortina's done cool swag and I feel like I feel like we have good game yeah good swag good swag the pins are really nice like yeah I'm not a pin like collect people who collect pins but I'm keeping those the animal ones because they're really cool um they did a really nice job with the enamel pins. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was like, oh my God, I need this mug in my life. And so it sits in my travel mug and it makes me smile when I use nice. it. So yeah. That, that's cool. <laughs> um, well, thanks for visiting with us again. Um, we kind of just talked Ew. like technique and just kind of in the trench work right now, but um, yeah. you know, it's never, any promotion is not bad promotion. And I want to, you know, I love, love, love this series. I've told you that before. I yeah. will talk to you every time we can about this book. <laughs> I, I just cannot believe how complicated Blood Witch is and how you just wove everything. So, I mean, there were actually a couple times where I had to stop and be like, okay, okay, wow. Like, okay. So that means that, okay. Now. And like, <laughs> but like, I, and I, I mean, it, it was written clearly, but it was just so much going on. And when you're audio, it's like coming at you. So I was like pausing. I'm like, okay, yeah, we process audio, this true. because yes. I had to like think through it. So yeah. um, I was just very impressed with this book. They just keep getting better. So Beautiful. it definitely was Thank a five star read for me. But yeah. Um, and we will be back in a few weeks with another episode. I've got other authors on the lined up here on the back burner and people who have kind of, um, said we're, we're kind of trying to lock down times and if you're curious about this whole process like I said at the beginning um uh Susan's going to be guesting on a I'm going to do a like a cheeky little YouTube video kind of explaining like start to finish what it's like for me to put a podcast episode together from the schedule nightmares of wrangling authors which is like herding cats and I can say that with love because it is and it's not sure it's I just believe it life you know <laughs> I everyone's it. like I got this and I got that and I got you know and it's yeah. life it's just people are busy and just publishing and trying to sync up with books and you know emergencies and just life and so getting that and getting things edited um and so if you want to hear more about how that goes and like the process of what's happening this with that they'll be on the youtube channel so i'll make sure i post a link to that when i have it available so okay guys thanks again bye thank you thank you